It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Podcast. We're your hosts, Brandon Vaughn and Josh Jeffrey. And tonight we're coming to you from the compound in Columbia, South Carolina, with the legendary Super D, Donnie Thompson. Donnie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I'm <laughs> glad you came here instead of me having to go somewhere else. <laughs> Donnie, this, this place is awesome, man. This, uh, everybody always asks me what's the compound. I always describe it as an East Coast, West Side barbell. Is that is that a fair statement? Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, similar, but it's, you know, it doesn't have the lifters that West Side has. Yeah. So, um, that would be the difference, but we did it one time. There you go. There you... <laughs> and they all got old and retired. Well, well. speaking of those lifters, uh, I know we have to reference your accomplishments, man. I know you don't like uh, talking too much about yourself. But, yeah, those uh, are the old days. Yeah, well, I think I think it's important that people know uh, the impressive nature of some of these accomplishments. First man to ever total 3,000 pounds of powerlifting and for our listeners to make sure they know that that's the total of your squat, your bench, and your deadlift added together. First man on the planet. First man on the planet ever to hit 3,000 pounds. And that include two world records, a squat of 1265 and a bench of 950, man. Uh, what year was that, Donnie? Uh, 2011. And the even more even more impressive part, how old were you in that day? 46. 46. Which, that, that is unbelievable to me. And, man, that's incredible. I think it speaks to, um, you know, how well you take care of yourself and your training regimen. And, and that kind of leads us into one thing that we really wanted to talk about tonight. Um, there's a topic I know you're really passionate about. Yeah. Um, and I wanted you to tell uh, kind of the people, you know, what is that topic and how, uh, how did you come about thinking about that? Well, uh, I got started late in powerlifting when I decided to go full go into it and be serious. I was already like 35. You know, so I'd been competing for two or three years from 32, 33. And then when I got good, I was, you know, when I won the Arnold, I was 40 years old. And I was like, holy crap, I'm 40 years old. And uh, so I try not to think about it too much, but there was a philosophy I, I latched on to. And I was like, you know, I'm not young anymore and I'm not going to get a whole lot stronger, but I can get faster and I can have a body that holds together better. So I watched everybody falling apart, you know, and I'm like, what can we do when, so that's what got me really interested in doing the little things, the secret things to get the secret places on the body to hold together. You know, everybody wants a big, strong chest, legs, and back, but they don't worry about the rotator cuff muscles, you know. They don't worry about the psoas and the QL muscle in the lower back. They're not real concerned with ankle stuff. So but I was very fortunate to meet some of the best in the country, innovators, actually, pioneers, like Dick Hartzell and some Louis Simmons and um, – Pavel, the kettlebell man, and so it's like, uh, you know, I, I I listened to what they said, and I 
I wasn't one of those uh, dumbasses that just, uh, you know, I'm certainly probably wasn't dumbass, but was, <laughs> I didn't have it, and that, the, the stupid attitude like, uh, that's stupid, that's not going to work. If I saw something, I had that, you know, discernment, and it was like, man, I need to put that in. That's going to make a difference. That's what uh, that's what I, I did with those things. And, you know, uh, I learned from the band therapy stuff really early, 1998, you know, wow. by the band who vented them. So yeah. pretty lucky about that. Yeah, man, I know that's the first, my first interaction with you was coming to this place to learn from you because I had been exposed to body tempering from uh, another buddy of mine who had come to one of your clinics. I know that's just one of the innovations that you have, uh, you know, kind of come up with in this whole, you know, strength preparation focus of yours. Uh, and I'd love to uh, talk a little bit about those. Yeah, same okay. same here. I remember the first time I met you, I think it was like five, six years ago yeah, during the summer. I popped in just randomly, like on a, like a Tuesday afternoon, and it was you and um, Josh Anderson. Yeah. Two 300 plus pound dudes just hanging upside down. I thought you were doing some kind of like aggro yoga or something like that. But, <laughs> but you took like an hour out of your time. You just met me to, to show me what y'all were doing. So the, that was that was the uh, lower back protocol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's definitely something I want to talk about. And that's, you know, again, I'm so appreciative of the time you showed me when. I just walked. I walked in and I was, "Hi, Donnie. I'm Josh." And, uh, yeah, we did ankles. Yeah, we did. We did ankles. I came to talk about the ankle, um, which is still something I use every day. Um, but I wanted to talk to you first, uh, kind of what uh, you know is I'm really passionate about that. I you know I use every day because I learned it from you, and that's body tempering. Um, so can you tell people who may not be familiar with body tempering, kind of how you came up with it first, and then and why somebody should be doing this? We came up with it by total accident. You know, it was not any brainiac uh revelation of mine um i had a piece of drop cut steel for 18 years in my gym i bought it from an old gym that went under that i really liked so it looked like a piece of no momentum <laughs> i paid like 20 bucks for it. it was a five inch diameter 24 inch long piece of solid steel you know and it was 20 you know, bucks man buying an yeah. ex-wife nowadays yeah. not 20 bucks would, uh, <laughs> i thought i was yeah. getting ripped off back then i know i, I was ripping them off and uh and I, I drug that thing on. We, we used it on the wheelbarrow handles, and we used it for uh, uh, cradling like a searcher squat on the back race. And so we'd use it for those two things. But other than that, you know, it just sat on the floor. And years ago, I don't know if it was me or someone else, we had painted ex-wife on it because no one wanted to pick it up and move it. <laughs> wanted anything to do with the thing because it weighed so much. And, you know, they didn't want really to waste their effort to pick it up. So ex-wife was already written on it. So, you know, when you, it's almost like getting jury duty if you had to move the ex-wife. It's like, hey, you got to get that away. Who wants to move it? No one to volunteer. <laughs> well, um, there was a football player here from South Carolina that he got drafted number one, and he went down to his team, and he ended up having a hernia surgery, a sports hernia, mm-hmm. and, uh, with like the fourth day he was there. Yeah. And Levi, the fireman, and my, my training partner and I, we were like, uh, what we knew is powerlifting, that if you got a hernia – you were pretty much done. You know, yeah. you, you're not going to be setting world record squats and deadlifts and whatnot. Um, it's just very hard to come back from a hernia at that level. So we prevented it from happening. We used to take the 106-pound kettlebell and roll our stomachs with it, and then we would take PCV pipe. And this was always right before squats because we wanted to fuse that tissue. So that seemed to work over the years. But when we heard this, we were talking about it, and like, Levi, why don't you put that kettlebell down? What if I put that ex-wife on your stomach? And he looked at me and goes, you think so? I'm like, just try it. So I, I lifted it up, and it was heavy. And uh, 
130 pounds. And I put it on his lap, and he laid back with it and started rolling his stomach. And he, I saw the expression on his face. And it was like, oh, buddy, this is unbelievable. Like, okay, I want to try it now. <laughs> so I tried, and it was just incredible the way it opened up. We were doing that. We were rolling up our chest. We were starting to do our upper quad and hips, you know. And then over a three-week time, we started doing other body parts. And we were only doing the days of squat, and then we started doing it every day. Then when we finally hit the hamstrings and the and the back, it was like, holy mackerel, we, we found some uh, – some treasure here yeah and it was like uh instead of foam rolling the foam roller rolled you right that was the nice thing about body temper is your body's passive and the weight is dynamic doing all the work moves around so Mm -hmm. uh tissue will let go much easier under those circumstances than you being an acrobat and spinning all around the darn foam roller you know like everybody tries to do with foam rolling is better than nothing remember that research tim did with the foam rolling they Everything was inc- was non conclusive. That's not good stats for me. I want like the Philadelphia Eagles had a thirty percent drop in soft tissue uh, injuries from last camp to this camp for two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen. That's unbelievable. Thirty percent. The only thing they added was body temperature. That's incredible. So those are the kind of stats I like. Yeah. You know, period. Talk, can you talk about a little bit more? Like you mentioned the Eagles. I mean, I've seen some stuff you posted with Clemson Tigers. Um, yeah. You know, that they, they, get, they have an ex-wife with a tiger paw on it. I mean, this thing's yeah. taking off. You're traveling all around the U.S. teaching this stuff. I mean, I think the the thing you got coming up here next next month is your very first body temperament certification, right? right. Can you tell, tell us a little more about what that entails? I think you're going to be teaching physical therapists, chiropractors. Who, who else? Who's coming to this thing? Yeah, most of the people doing uh, body temperament certification are physical therapists, chiropractors, LMTs, um, Strength coaches and what uh, I know we have a few strength coaches coming because they have a bye week that week, but uh, and uh, a few personal trainers really. But uh, you know, basically anybody's going to use it while they're charging a client. You know, and we're if you're going to use it on your clients, we think you need to get certified. We can't recommend you unless you do. So we're getting all these. The reason we're doing it is, you know, first thing people are going, oh, here's another thing for another certification. But it's a hundred. These things weigh up to 185 pounds. Right. So, you know, the safety is the number one factor. What I don't ever, since I came up with this, the last thing I want to hear about is someone get, you know, paralyzed because someone dropped a, a solid steel cylinder on somebody. So, you know, one thing with this, the safety is number one on this, then content, you know, an application. But also we can create a network of, uh, of these guys and girls that are uh, professionals that are, you know, when somebody – can go to bodytempering.com, press the state, see who's certified. If they're near that area, their information's right there. They call them directly. You don't have to do anything. So that's the one thing that we we really like because uh, we find we're having a network all the time. But how can I recommend somebody when I don't even know them? I've seen them on Instagram, you know. Sure. Yeah. So uh, and I'm not recommending someone I've never met before. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I know it's, uh, the first one is October 21st. Uh, here in in Carolina, yes, yeah, nice. We find Hollywood, Holiday Inn, an airport Holiday Inn convention center. Right, we're doing it big. I know that uh, it's kind of gotten to the point where it's had to. Um, we've had to. Out, we've outgrown the compound a little yep. bit. Compound's not a small place, but there's been a. You know, there's been such a demand. And I know I'm honored to be to be a very very small part of it. Um, but by tempering, that seems to be the 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 first or the the most. I want to say wide, widely known one of your inventions, but there are some or innovations, but there are some other ones I know I want to talk about too. Um, 
one question I had though, I mean, so you're, you're establishing a pretty deep network with a lot of healthcare providers, right? This has got to be good for the sport of powerlifting, especially elite powerlifting. There's not a lot of, whole, whole lot of you out here on the, on the planet, right? I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, is what's, what's the rest of the powerlifting community's response been to this? Um, there's a few powerlifters that are really into body tempering, you know, and, um, I, I don't know if it's widely accepted in the powerlifting realm, you know, because, uh, Powerlifting's an odd sport, you know. It's like a, it's it's a dark horse, and so it's like you got to change. It's gonna be a long time coming in powerlifting. Yeah, the and body temperance is really, you know. Uh, first of all, powerlifters don't like to uh, be preemptive. You know, they don't like to um, handle problems before they happen. They always are reactive and right. handle problems after they're very severe. That's everybody you know? else in the whole population. Yeah, so uh, it's really bad in powerlifting. So, you know, they like to go in the gym and just go at it. But, you know, as you get older, you can't do that. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is. So, um, you know, I think the big thing is it's at the top now. You know, Brandon, it's at the NFL. You know, we have we have an NBA team doing it now. Uh, pretty soon we're going to have some Major League Baseball teams involved. Yeah. So uh, we've had a few hockey teams call us. The Bruins is one, and um, you know it's just uh, that's cool. And when it goes to the top, it's going to trickle down. You know, right. and you'd mentioned Clemson and all. You know, there are two colleges that started doing body tempering before anybody it was Clemson football and North Carolina Tar Heels basketball. And they they've just uh, yeah, they we know two, how that and that's that, gone, uh, yeah, that went pretty good for both teams. <laughs> yeah, you're and, right about that. And, uh, so that. That was really, really cool. You know, it's a pretty good track record there. Mm-hmm. And, um, we'll, uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, and now we've got, like, an SEC conference. Now, you know, South Carolina's on board. And uh, Arkansas, most they have more ex-squat, more body temperature devices than any team other than Smith. Yeah. You know, wow. We've got, uh, you know, Tennessee's starting to do it. So, it's uh, it's coming around. So this is this is mostly the strength coaches that are buying into this end. Yes, right? yeah, because it's making their job a lot easier. Sure. The the one thing the stress on strength coaches now is we want that injury rate down. Right. And they don't want to hear excuses. And you will be fired if that injury rate is not down. Right. You know? So, um, we heard even as much as the Dallas Cowboys strength coach, if I'm gonna, if this is gonna make my job secure, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So, well, I know my CrossFitters at our uh, our CrossFit gym love it too. So it's not, uh, I think, pretty much anybody can benefit from it. I know that's uh, something that you've advocated and we've seen firsthand. Is it doesn't matter certain sports, not just powerlifting. It's it's pretty much everybody. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I'd rather hit the athletic mark because I was a football player first right. before I was anything. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm really pleased with football getting on board. But I mean, we we could take it all the way down to gymnastics. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so the, the the you know I bought the temper my year old. Uh, since you spent five, but it's, you know, but it's only been around three years. So. But uh, you know, that's uh, uh, the other thing. The people that don't like body tampering, they just don't want to like it. Right. And, you know, it's just people are like that. You're not going to have a hundred percent of market. There's no monopoly. So, and we do encourage people to make their own body tampering tools. We're not. We don't have a conglomeration going on with the. Uh, you know. Uh, we are, we corner the market body tempering devices. We want you to make your own, even if it's two kettlebells duct taped together. You know, right. so whatever it takes. People have done cakes, logs. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. uh, strongman logs. They've done uh, pipes and filled concrete in them. So, you know, it's it's uh, 
the other thing, Brandon, I was going to tell you is uh, your clinic has is the boomstick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's been the biggest ever worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide in so, like two uh, years' time. That's a versatile tool, man. I, I, yeah. I use that on an 80-year-old lady today in the clinic. It's, you yeah, you can use it on, on anyone. I mean, it's it's just because it's, it's just at that right way. I think it's 22 pounds, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just right. You can use it on all kinds of people. You know, so that's that's the, like you said, it's the beauty of the whole body different concept. Because it is, it is a concept, it's a philosophy about how you do it. And you got to be innovative. And we remember when Dr. Massaway was here, we were showing the spots that we came up with to, to go in for one minute. And, you know, um, we were calling it occlusion uh, type therapy at first. And then we were like, ah, let's just call it target tampering. Boomstick therapy, whatever. Boomstick is going to stick. That's not going to. That's yep. not a name going away anytime soon. And you know, we we were going into the center pack. We were going under the pack towards the clavicle. We were going on the back uh, and the levator, mm-hmm. levator, whatever it's called, and then uh, the underneath the armpit on the terrace muscles and upper lat. So, and Doctor Master, we couldn't believe how good that was, and it just made sense to put it there. You know, yep. and boy, it freed the shoulder up big time, and like, and it lasted too. So. Yeah. Um, it's not just that the shoulder; it can go into the hips also, into the abdominal area. Uh, I mean the glutes. So um, I've been taking the end of it, the boomstick, Brandon, and going on the tibialis and raking down. You know, yeah. and uh, man, it's wonderful. You know, yeah, it really works. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm a believer. I know I do it every day. Um, we alluded a little bit to it earlier, but there's kind of a uh, almost a uh, special opportunity for people who do want to do body tempering clinic, uh, and that's the the opportunity to attend an ankle clinic. And I know you're really yeah. passionate about the ankles, uh, and you know I really had not thought too much about them other than I know I I have uh, you know poor range of motion until I really met you and was able to kind of hear your thoughts on it and the, the whole process you go you go into. So uh, if you could, I'd love to hear. Uh, you know, a little bit more about you know, what led you to the ankle. Why did you, you know, decide or, or what led you to find out that, you know, this joint is something that really is neglected and needs to be focused on? Um, I learned back in 2006 from Dick Hartzell, and he was going around teaching, don't, you know, don't ice the ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. And he goes, don't ice the ankle. And he had come up with compression bands, mm-hmm. and, uh, which are voodoo floss now. And he, would, he had a whole thing, a protocol that he did for sprained ankles. Now, that was his passion. My passion was not spraying, but man, I learned a lot when he taught me directly. And you know, I was like, that's cool fixing the sprain ankle, but what if we don't sprain the ankle? I'm a strength guy all the way. Right. You're not going to, I mean, body tempering, strength, you know, every all the things we do are for strength. And uh, uh, the bow ties for strength, everything is strength related. So with that being said, uh, I was like, let's take the compression wrap that he did on the ankle, and now let's do some movement stuff. And then I researched the amount, I mean, you can just research yourself on Google, you can go right to it, and we learned what flexion is for strength sports. Okay. They wanted 20 degrees of dorsiflexion, okay, right. toe to knee, and then they, on, uh, you know, nobody has a problem with in, uh, inversion, but on eversion, they, they they were talking 5 to 15 degrees, and I was like, that, I have never seen that before, not even on a baby, you know, so I'm like, 5 to 15, how, how about if we settle for 3 to 5 degrees, you know, so if we can get three to five degrees out of the on an everted foot, you know when we're doing it, what what we noticed we started uh, messing with the ankles and we started measuring the the, the uh, flexion, and they had zero on dorsiflexion and they had negative uh, on the eversion. So we're like, this ankle's locked, right? And now we've got knee problems, hip problems, whatnot. You know, all wet. Like uh, one orthopedic surgeon told me, if we have problem down at the ankles, we could 
but rest assured, it goes all the way up to the base of the head. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, then we found out about all the nerve endings at the bottom of the feet. All that information has always been around. Right. Now we, the big thing is, what do we do about it? You know? right. So we took the things that we had, like the flossing, and T-Money, uh, Anthony Levine, one of my buddies, is a physical therapist. We were working on some NFL centers, and they have big old ankles, right? Right. Well, the bands just weren't cutting it on get work and the flexion. So we had to physically roll our sleeves up, get our hands on the ankle and manipulate it, you know, and just break it up. Not anything fancy, like we're not post-op surgery stuff. I'm talking just grab that joint and wrestle with it, okay? And so that's what we were doing, and it worked like a charm. Then we came across that hat. We cut a cross ball in half and started popping the callus bone away from the tibia. And, and, and man, we were like, holy crap. So that started in, and then body temper came in, and, you know, we were diffusing the, the calf muscles, but we found when we just lie it on the Achilles, the Achilles would start to get pliable. And we started going to tibialis and then the bottom of the feet, and then all of a sudden we have a ankle and feet that are so happy and performing that it makes all the – it literally adds weight to the squat, literally adds weight to the deadlift, you know. Literally helps you become faster, all because you spent a little bit of time tending to your ankles and feet. Put you in a better position too, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's all. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah, I know. For me, and you know, working with primarily Olympic lifters and people who have to have a ton of dorsiflexion to be able to stay so upright in the bottom of their squat, uh, you know, this is arguably other than body tempering, you know, daily. This is the protocol that I, I end up having to, you know, or I encourage people to do or take people through. Um, and that's awesome that people who are attending body temper, correct me if I'm wrong, they're attending body tempering certifications the night before they're able to go to this ankle clinic. And, yeah, and it's all practical. I mean, it's hands-on. We're going we're gonna to go to work. Right. And, uh, it's, uh, it's fun. We have uh, David Wett coming from the Wett Method uh, Bosu Balls. Uh, yeah. He's going to teach some ankle stuff on the Bosu Balls. That's, that's awesome. So we're going to we'll see what happens. You know, it's going to be a fun time. It's that only is... two and a half hours. We have to cram about 10 oh, hours no. of knowledge <laughs> in two and a half hours. That's good, nice. though, man. That's what we look for, stuff you can use in the clinic first thing Monday morning. So that's, right, that's right. perfect. Right. Um, so I know, we, you know, we talked about ankles. Body tempering really is entire body. There's, you know, between the different methods of static, yeah. dynamic, or target, target tempering, you can use it on, you know, any ailment you most likely that you have. Um, but you have a couple other um, – areas that you've really focused on uh, and we start with the low back because yeah. um, I know this is like Brandon alluded to when he came in and, and saw you and, and Josh hanging upside down um, what what led you to to realize and that was important or that you know you could prevent a lot of back issues by you know being proactive well Dick Hartzell had these you know he was the inventor of a jump stretch band right he had these big monster bands that no one knew what to do with and he was saying why don't you guys hang upside down and extract your hips a little bit and so we were like, do it. He was, but he would go and spin all around and do all kinds of stuff. Well, I herniated my back for the last time in '09, and my leg pretty much went dead. Drop foot. I uh, was, uh, you know, I I was like partially paralyzed almost. And I woke up and I could barely walk. I, I couldn't walk, and uh, I was in so much pain. So I instead of just hanging there and doing that, I started reading and finding out what's causing this stuff and why. You know, I figured out it's my leverages for deadlift, you know, and I'm, I'm here pushing the deadlift too much. And, I, you know, my arms are kind of short. I had a big belly. So bending over and pulling that, it put a huge distance between me and the bar. So, you know, you had that, uh, that, that spine pressing down on the disc and it just blew it, you know. So 
Air I load L two, L three, L three, L four, L four, L five, and you know, complete gone, all like totally gone. And uh, so I started hanging upside down, and I started doing some stuff for the QL and the SOS. And uh, we came up with about seven or eight things, and recently we've just added two more to it. And uh, and it took about four minutes, and we started doing that on a daily basis because our first our fear since we never did it before was staying in too long and not you know where your back can't function properly because it's too distracted so uh that that wasn't ever an issue and all of a sudden we noticed that our lower backs never hurt anymore and plus our hips were staying neutral instead of jacked a certain way right you know so it really ended up being a good good thing you know it's it kind of found us more yeah. than any out of necessity and yeah. uh, that's that's how it was so we took dick dick hartzell's madness you know hanging upside down going nutty in there yeah. Doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was amazing to watch him, but we just put a method to it. Yeah. And and basically, and so we took Dick Hartzell's concept and we had put a method to it. And we, now we have the lower back protocol. Yeah. So. I know. I use it all the time. It's uh, it, you know, it's been it's been great for me. No back issues here. Uh, Even Thor, I, the mountain on the, does it. I yeah. Like, I have a picture of doing it. You know, all the NFL guys that most of them do it. It's uh crazy to watch. You know. So, so hard to believe a guy from Shepherd College, you know, <laughs> the influence of these big timers. And so, uh, you know, yeah, that's another one that I know is daily in my routine. I know a bunch of people are uh, are seeing the benefit from that. Uh, but there's another area, yet another area that you've kind of yeah. come up with some some great methods to, you know, like you said, prepare something yeah. that people fail to do a lot of times, and uh, that's the shoulder. Yeah. You talked a little about Dr. Mazaway already, and I know I've been fortunate enough to hear him come and speak at some of your clinics. Uh, but uh, you know, can you talk a little bit about things and that that you utilize in terms of shoulder preparation uh, prior to either, you know, working, you know, say you're on bench day, because we do have a lot of people, power lifters or lifters in here. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you, what you do for shoulders? Yeah, I, um, the, I'll back up and say, again, I started working for a, a orthopedic surgeon and physical therapy in uh, 06. And I stayed in that company for over six years. The, I would hang out with the, a couple of the orthos there and learn a lot. Because yeah. I wanted to know what was going on. And they really were interested in my powerlifting. So yeah. it was kind of cool. You know, there was a world they didn't know anything about. And so, uh, you know, uh, one thing led to another. And you, uh, Dr. Lee told us, you know, you got you big dummies are benching on a pad too small. That's why I'm having surgery all the time, fixing your AC joint, your rotator cuff muscles, your labrums and stuff. And I'm like, well. And the other one said, what's your suggestion? He goes, you need a pad that's thicker so the scapula can move and then you have to have one that's wider to position the uh, position on the glenoids so the uh humeral head can go in and it has something pressing against it right and so i'm like no okay so i measured 100 people at a meet and we um and we uh (laughs) and we uh we uh had four pads made and we narrowed it down to the one that's today and that was back in 06 and I mean, I can't thank Doctor Lee enough. He's made me thousands of dollars. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm sure I made him a lot of money too. But it, he, uh, and that led with Dick Hartzell again with the shoulder stuff. And I got to thinking, you know, we're doing all this stuff with our hands and pulling the bands, trying to distract stuff. And I'm like, what if we put the band right on the shoulder? You know, mm-hmm. so um, Dick Hartzell showed us a few of those things. So we just came up and we got bigger, stronger bands. Uh, some either multiple ones we call it multiple bandisms, you know. <laughs> and so when we took, I had the big one made, the monster band, and I 
would go and I did um, circles right on. And the thing is, the band was right on the connective tissue. We weren't going through our hand. We weren't going through our elbow. It was right on the source. So um, if we're going circular stuff, we're doing crossovers, bringing, bringing the humeral head all the way across to the center line, you know. And then uh, after that, we were doing uh, protraction punches. And that band acts as compression. And it's pushing down all those muscles, and it's you're moving around. It's like a, it's 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 all working together. Right. Before you know it, you're all warmed up, and it took two minutes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I couldn't have been happier. It was time saving, and we noticed tech tweaks and stuff were disappearing. Nobody was getting them anymore. And um, uh, when it went to football players, you know, quarterbacks loved it, pitchers loved it. Yeah. It's like, man, I feel so much better doing that solar protocol. Yeah. Can't believe it. I do it in between. You know, after practice too, I'm like, oh, whatever, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't tire you out, you know. It doesn't dead muscle cells like static stretching can. So a lot of people are worried that, but it doesn't do that. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you might you know the original bench pad had really no research behind it. None. None. And then so you you came in and actually had multiple ones made yep. and tried them out and kind of you know got people's measured opinions, measured women, them. Was it men and women? We had measured over 100 people because we were at a meeting with 130 people there, and I, we went around measuring everybody. We kind of uh, we measured retracted shoulder, uh, crease in the armpit, decrease in the armpit. Yeah. Uh, women were, were measuring between you know uh, anywhere between nine and 14 inches. Right. And guys were measuring between 12 and 22 inches. Right. And, and so we were what like, the, what's the standard pad in powerlifting? The old pad. What does the, it say? The standard old pad was like, uh, the standard old pad was like, you know. 11 inches. So 11 inches, and a half inches. But people were getting up to 22 inches wide you were measuring. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they don't need total 22 inches coverage. Right. However, they need more than 11 More inches. than 11. And so the men were having pec tears, ruptures, and whatnot, tweaks mm-hmm. at a much alarming weight. But yet, we didn't know any women that ever had a pec tweak or a pec tear. Right. Because there's so more coverage in general. Stats speak for themselves. Right. And I asked Makes old sense. Fred Hatfield, may you rest in peace, um, uh, Fred Hatfield, I said, you know, tell me about this bench press in the 70s. And he told me that they were, uh, when they started selling them, they were cutting as many pieces of plywood and they could save money. And so it was cheaper and they could get more cuts. So they were anywhere seven or eight, nine inches wide, just throwing them on the benches. The AAU at the time was the only sanctioning body in powerlifting. They took a bench out of the Y and measured it. This is the story I heard now. And this is, uh, you know, I wasn't there. I was a kid. So, um, they measured a thing and they gave it a few centimeters leeway, and that's been the standard bench forever. Wow. And powerlifters embrace it. I don't think you listen, you guys. Do you understand how this beginning happened? Mm-hmm. There was no new research. At least the Olympic bar had research behind it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, people have fallen in love with that too in powerlifting, right? <laughs> well, they just they just they did powerlifters that did no research on the bar. They just stole the Olympic bar from Olympic lifting, right. uh, from weightlifting, and. It's uh, really powerlifting requires three different size bars, yeah. and, it, and none of them resemble the Olympic bar. You know, so, and honestly, the squat doesn't even need rotating collars. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of research needs to be done in powerlifting to make it perfect, but you know, we'll see what happens. So, you just mentioned the fat pad, and speaking of this topic about the shoulders, one of my most favorite innovations you came up with was the bow tie. Yeah. Tell us about how, how you came up with that. And I know I use it every day in the clinic. I use it on my document. And I use it a little bit when I deadlift too. And it's been a really good tool for some of my patients, teaching them how to hinge and teach, teaching them how to deadlift as well. Um, but how did they get started? Well, um, 
I had uh, from my proud days on the street bar squats. You know, I had squatted two world record squats and uh, they were twelve hundred fifty pounds. So my shoulder developed a bone spur. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I got to the point. Uh, I went to USC Medical. They did X-rays, and they're like, "You have a huge bone spur that's like almost so big it's pushing your C joint apart." And, I, and you have stage one frozen shoulder. I'm like, well, that's not cool. Yeah. So, but I had, there was no surgery in sight. You know, I'm like, I don't really know if I want to get surgery. So that embarked me on. Uh, so I know all this compression. I've been doing it, but it's not been. What can I do better? And so um, let's go back to the old man Dick Arsel back in the old days. Yeah. He, uh, he was taking a mini band and doubling it and figure eighting it and putting it around girls' shoulders to pull their humeral head back. Right, and I was like, "Man, that's like a bow tie." And he goes, "Yeah, that's what that's what it's like." He goes, "But this will keep him back, and you could push against their back, and he would pull it like he was gonna snap their back with it and stuff." But you know, it didn't fit the guys, and I'm like, "There's got to be something better." And so I'm just gonna take these uh, knee wraps, the type of material. I'm gonna make something, and we started measuring for it, and we came up with the manual bow tie. Mm-hmm. So we were taking three meter knee wraps and doing a manual bow tie, which is very aggressive, right. and you will lose circulation. I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. And we were seeing if we could hang for five minutes and take it off. And we were feeling incredible. Remember that, Brandon? We oh, yeah. did it with you when you were here. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, we got a picture of you and I together with that. And uh, so everybody's doing that went viral. So meanwhile, we're making our pro- prototypes. And it was a year in the making until they finally went you know, came on the market. And we uh, uh, we kept them under wraps, kept running because we had a little problem with people borrowing ideas around the Thompson household. So uh, <laughs> we uh, we we took and went to um, we uh, did the uh, uh, came up with the bow tie, which is a more subtle approach than the manual bow tie. And at first, I wasn't wearing mine a lot. I wear ten minutes and take it off, you know. And then when I started wearing it for half an hour to an hour, man, I started my range of motion was coming back, strength to start coming back. And I was actually wearing it while I trained. And it's just active compression evenly distributed. That's all it does. You know, uh, it relocates the humeral head. And I, mean, I hate talking like that, but, uh, you know, when it relieves the bicep tendons, basically. Right, the so, compression on it. Yeah. And, and so I hear a lot of uh, these these people asking questions. My um, trainer said that the bow tie will cause your muscles in the posterior chain uh, to get weak, like your uh, upper back muscles and rotator cuff, like, <laughs> no, that ain't gonna happen. I'm like, it's active compression. That's all it is. Don't make any more. It's not a brace. It's nothing medical about it. You know, you wear it. It's compression, and then you take it off. I mean, it's like compression, like shorts compression, compression shorts football players wear. I mean, it's just just a little bit more, and it's it's located in a perfect spot. You know, so right. I mean, that's all it is. It's compression, and it's ischemic therapy, really. That's and, awesome. Uh, you know, we were talking. Brandon and I were talking about how many copycats that have come out after yeah. the um, thing. Once a month, Brandon. Yeah, something, something like that. Every time a catalog comes out, it's about yeah. once yeah. a month. Well, something else I know that there have been a lot of, uh, you know, copycats coming out too, uh, have been another innovation of yours. I mean, we keep going on and on, all these amazing things you come up with, uh, and that's the Fat Bell. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, can you tell me a little about, like, what gave you the idea to, to come up with this? I mean, kettlebell's been around a while, but what made yeah. you think, hey, I can make this better? Well, in 2005, I was at my old gym, powerlifting. I was training, and I just won Arnold, and I got into these kettlebells real big, and I finally bought the 106 kettlebell from the Dragon Lord, and, um. I was swinging it one day, training, and I was like, what if I just shoved my hand in the center of this thing? 
That was so cool. Then I actually had a dream about it. I don't know if it was that night or sometime later, but it was right around at the same time. And I woke up at 3 in the morning, and I drew the picture of it, and I used a Snapple teeth yeah. cap. And it was 3 in the morning. I, mean, I couldn't stop because when my hand went in the center of this seal sphere, that was like you know, I could feel it. I was pressing with it. I was swinging with it. It felt incredible. And I'm like, I've got to. Man, I gotta draw this figure because I'll forget exactly what it, what I dreamt about or what I you know can't. Uh, so I you know uh, I drew it, I drew the pictures, and I started pitching the idea. And um, you know, Pavel, I pitched it to Dragon Door, and they really liked it. But their kettlebell products back in those six were doing so well. You know, they had a foundry in Minnesota, and they were cranking them out. They were the best built kettlebell around at the time, and they just didn't want to hurt the momentum of their product, which I don't blame them. So the product went on the shelf. Then I went to Elite FTS. Dave Tate, he loved it. He goes, I'm not getting involved with that. That's just too much money. There's no, something I know nothing about. You know, so then, then I went to a few small companies. And, all that, and finally, Kelly Starrett got me the number to Rogue in uh, 2011. He goes, so here, uh, gave me the number. And he goes, I want you to call him. Because I explained it to him. You know, yeah. And he was so impressed with my voodoo floss uh, on his ankles and shoulders and whatnot. So uh, so I uh, I, I called him for that appointment, and we went up there to Columbus, Ohio, and uh, I bought my prototypes up there, and they loved it. You know, That's so. awesome. Then that went on the shelf for a few years, and then in 2015, they just they told me they were making for me all day long, and that's what they did. So uh, at yeah. first, they were had a lot of scrutiny. Some people call them flower pots and stuff like that, but when we were got the prototypes, they were better than we expected them to, which was incredible. I'm like, wow, these are better than, you know, I thought they were going to be good, but I didn't know they were going to be this good. And everybody's finding something to do that they do, you know. So they're two years old, basically. Right now, this October, it'll be 2002 years old. It'll be a third year selling. And they have really the acceptance rate. And I don't know if you guys can tell on social media that they're really growing. Yeah, yeah they're popping up on Twice. At first, everybody was like, why would we want to? That looks, you know, it's so stupid. Rogue's just out to, to <laughs> screw people out of their money. You know, it's like I think you have the choice to buy it from Rogue. It's not yeah. it's like forcing you to buy anything. So, that resistance to change, man. Yeah. So uh, people don't like change, but boy, the, the fat bells. Uh, once you live with them, you're not ever going to touch a dumbbell again. Yeah. So I know we can get the fat bells from Rogue and the fat pad from Rogue. We can get the fat bells from right. Rogue. Oh, okay, and I know we talked about the bow tie from a few different sources yeah. as well. Um, body tempering, I know you said that uh, uh, you have some, uh, you, you don't produce them yourself, but no, you have somebody you send them to? Bodytempering.com and all the information is on Right, there. okay, perfect. I know Big Hess is a big part of that. Yeah, Big Hess. Scott DeCanalis does the website. He's man, he's awesome. So yeah. everybody that's involved with me, from like you guys as PTs, you know, that, uh, to uh, web designers, everything, everybody trains. Yeah. That's what I like. You know, I mean, I'm not in a group of slouches. You know? <laughs> well, maybe the wiener dog doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, Donnie, I feel like every time we get together, you're coming out with something new. What, what's next? Yeah. Well, I've got a uh, – it's funny you ask that, Brandon. Well, gosh, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. So uh, I have about three things next that I'm doing, and one of them is the fat bar. And right. So fat bar came out with a 99. I didn't ever invent the fat bar, but – Dave Tate gave me an article about Seal Alexia, and he would use wagon axles to do his cleans and snatches. He said they did that a majority of the time because the 20-kilo bar, everybody did. And he figured if a cumbersome bar like that, 
with cumbersome weights would make him stronger and ensure enough work. And I'm like, well, why aren't powerlifters doing this? So I just be using a bigger size bar. And the only thing Ironmind had a, a pilot's wheel or some pilot's axle or something. I forget what they call it. It was just a pipe, you know, back then it was like 20 something pounds. So my buddy Bo Blackbird worked at Midland Stack in a tool and die. Made me three of them, 99. I have never touched a 45 pound bar eventually since, unless if they had it at a meet. So uh, I've used a fat bar from 1999 till now, almost 20 years. Um, I let people come to my gym in 03 or 02, and they measured all my fat bars and stuff and started manufacturing, but I didn't care. So I'm not mad at Adam for doing that. You know, so uh, I made fat bar attachments back in 2000. And a company came and measured all that and started making. Now all the companies make them. So I'm not saying that I'm the wizard of strength or anything, but it's just funny how everything filtered through the compound at one time, you know. Yeah. The problem is, is nobody can deny the fat bars. We have a toy, one for 2,000 with all the, the things in it. And, um, you know, we had made one for Louis Simmons in 2000. He hated it, you know. Yeah. So uh, we got that bar back finally. We tracked it down on the Internet. But, uh, you know, when my fat bar comes out, it's – the aesthetics of it and everything. It weighs 90 pounds. Wow. So we now have another bar, a squat bar you all know about we can't talk about. Yeah. And then we have a bench that you all know about that we I can't, can't talk <laughs> about. So then I have one more product on the outskirts of that. So and I'm not sitting here like a mad scientist like, ooh, what can I come up with next? If it doesn't hit me, I don't come up with it. You know what I mean? Because I want a track record of everything I do works. If you believe in one of my products, you believe in all of my products. If you don't believe in one of my products, you don't believe in any of my products. That's how I roll with that. You know, I'm not a gimmick guy. Yeah, that's been one of my my favorite things about it. It seems everything that that you've come up out up with has been born out of necessity. It right. wasn't like, oh, I'm, I need to find something because I need to invent something. Yeah. It was it was, oh well, I've got this issue that I need to you know find a solution to, and you found an innovative solution, and now right. it's just become these different products um, or these different courses. I know we've had a million different ones here that we're running. We've got the body temper and ankle, lower back, shoulder, you know, everything. Yeah, um, three years of that, Brandon actually, uh, what's the ankle clinic? The second one that you were here? That was back in the day. I think it's the yeah. very first one, actually. Very, very first yeah. one, yeah. yeah. We, were, we were all, uh, you know, basically just doing a, uh, uh, we we're trying to wing it, you know, because we had so many people. We were. It, it was great, though. Yeah. I mean, th- things are always like that. They're the best when they're done on the fly. You know, we're just sitting around drinking beer and uh-huh. moving ankles, man. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, I remember you were here for that. We, we had a blast, man, because we have a group of PTs coming. And I like uh, PTs because when they manipulate a joint, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Uh, my gym buddies and all do a pretty good job, but they're not certified to do that kind of thing. <laughs> 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 I... I'm not certified to do it. However, I came up with the technique, so kind of gives me a little bit of pass on that, but I don't do it for a living. Well, right. I just teach it. Believe it or not, you probably actually have a better practice at than I do. I'm yeah, I don't better. know about that. <laughs> yep. Well, Donnie, we really appreciate your time, man. Uh, I can't thank you enough. I know Brandon and I are, uh, you know, have been so grateful for you, you know, over the years, Absolutely. really helping us grow as coaches and as practitioners. Uh, so, uh, can you tell the people where they can find out find out more about you and, and all the things that you're doing? Yeah, we we'll just go to bodytempering.com. That's all yeah. it is. Everything's on there. And that is an active site. I mean, it is added to on a daily basis. Not by me, of course, because I don't know how to do that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I, we pay a pretty good penny to have uh, Scott DeFinalis uh, uh, work on that. He's doing an incredible job. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we really uh, wanted a site you, people go to and get all the information. 
cut uh, on this stuff. So, right. um, you know, uh, I mean, my old site was nothing but a Donnie Thompson honor hall, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> now this was actually just uh, methods and products. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I know you're active on Instagram. That's uh, Thompson Fat Pad. Yeah. So uh, make sure people check you out on there. Um, Brandon, anything you want to add, sir? There you have it, guys. Donnie Thompson is 3,000. Innovator, strength coach, teacher, what else? He does it all. Oh, yep. uh, you know, uh, I have an eight-year-old boss, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting big, man. I breeded a boss. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, hopefully we can uh, maybe get some more people. I know the registration's almost full yep. for that first body tempering certification. That's October 21st here in Columbia. There will be more coming out, I know, all around the country. Yeah, we'll be traveling. Yeah, so. so be on the lookout for that. Again, bodytempering.com. Uh, Donnie, we appreciate it, and uh, we will catch all of you guys later. Thank you, Donnie. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.